Hey, what's up, friend? It is Sam Altieri. Welcome back to another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. I am a coach and an author and a speaker, and I am so stoked you're here to help you heal your relationship with food and your body. If you've ever struggled with your weight, with body image, with food, you are in the right place. It is something that I struggled with for years and years and years, and after helping hundreds of women overcome their food and body image struggles, you are next. I am so stoked to bring you all the strategies, all the tools all the mindset work to help you feel confident in your body again so you can take your life back be unstoppable be confident be a freaking badass because that's what you truly are and this podcast is exactly for you i'm so stoked to bring it to you and i'm so grateful you are here now let's dive into the episode and i'm so excited to see you transform Hello friend, welcome back to another episode. On this week's episode, I am bringing on an incredible woman, Lanise Brothers. She is a registered nutritionist, yoga instructor, and she's also the founder of Eat Love Move. And why I wanted to bring her on is because she is an expert in women's health. She is so determined to help women fix their period pain. And I don't know about you, but when I have a bad period, all hell breaks loose and it's really easy to just want to say fuck it and go to the chocolate or say fuck it and be moody and do all the things and she shares with us some awesome strategies in understanding how to work with your flow the four cycles and the four phases and actually how what is going on in your body and how to work with yourself instead of against yourself i learned so much from this episode and i am so stoked to dive in with you so let's dive into the episode and i'll catch you on the other side Welcome back to another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. On today's episode, I'm super excited to have my guest, Lanise Brothers. She is from London and she is a registered nutritionist and she is a, she's just like such an amazing energy and expert in women's health and well-being. She's also a yoga instructor and she's the founder of Eat Love move and I just absolutely loved her mission and her brand and I wanted to bring her on to share all the things about periods and women's health and everything. So welcome Lanise. I'm so excited to have you. Hi, thanks for having me on the show. I'm really excited to be here. Yes. Oh my gosh. Why don't you share a little bit about you and how you got to the place that you're at right now in your business and in your life and what kind of inspired you to come to this place? Yeah. So I'm actually Canadian, so no <laughs> I've way. lived in yeah I've lived in London for um, 18 years now. Um, yeah, so I've uh, I everyone kind of wonders when they hear me, they wonder where I'm from. But I'm actually I'm from Toronto. Wow. Um, so when I basically it, my story starts from when I was growing up, and I saw my mom having her periods and always having these really long, intense periods, very heavy, very painful. And so I thought that that's what what was normal. And Mm. so when I got my period, it was the same thing happened to me, very painful, very heavy. And I just thought, well, I just need to deal with it. But then I saw my friends and they were having these really light periods and everything was fine. And they could just use like, light tampons and I was just like why don't I have that yeah and um it so it turns out that 
um, my mom had fibroids, which is why she had these really heavy periods. So fibroids are basically uh, non-cancerous growths in or on the womb, the uterus. And so she had two, two fibroids that were the size of grapefruits. What? Yeah. So she got those removed, but we, I don't, I don't have fibroids. I got, I gotten those, gotten a few ultrasounds. I don't have fibroids, but I finally convinced my mom that what I was going through and what she was going through wasn't normal. Mm. Cause that's what we all, we've been taught to just kind of suck it up. You know, yeah. this is just what was part of being a woman and a part of having a period. And so went to the doctor, the doctor was like, yeah, you know, period pain is just, you know, that's just normal, heavy pe- bleeding. Some women have a heavy period. That's just life. Mm-hmm. Here's a birth control prescription. Here's a, pic- a prescription for some heavy painkillers. Off you go. Mm. And I just was just like, at the time I thought, okay, well, that's just what I have to do. Yeah. I took the painkillers. I didn't really take the birth control that, that well because I was young. I was 15, 16. And so. Who could remember to take a pill every day at 15? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I could barely yeah. do it when I was 25. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I just kind of muddled through it of trying lots of different things tried to go on the pill again when I went to university didn't work I just like taking even now taking supplements is something I have to actively put reminders around mm-hmm. my house to do because I just will forget me too me too uh, <laughs> and um and I hope that reassures everyone listening that a nutritionist has to remind herself to take supplements. <laughs> I love that. Well, I yeah. like, it's so human, right? It's like just because I'm a nutritionist or a coach or whatever doesn't mean I have all my shit together. It, like, yeah. I'm still learning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so I went to university, tried to go on the pill again, didn't work, tried all of these other things. And gradually I figured out a way of eating, a way of kind of handling my body during my period that made it all feel normal and manageable. Mm -hmm. And then in parallel, I had been working in advertising. So I spent 15 years in advertising um, and I got to the point where I started questioning what I was doing. It was just, I was traveling a lot, working on global accounts. It was just, I was burnt out. And, um, I got pregnant with my son and it was kind of a natural time for me to say, Oh, okay. Let me take stock. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do next? And I'd always been interested in, in nutrition and well-being, And I thought, well, what, what else can I do? And my mind kind of finally stuck upon retraining as a nutritionist. So I did, I retrained as a nutritionist. And then when I was studying, they said, you've got to specialize in something. You've got to find your niche. Mm. Um, You know, otherwise you can't be a jack of all trades or a Jill of all trades. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and so I decided, well, you know, they say when you're writing a book, write what you know, you know, same sort of principle. I decided to focus on health, on women's health, menstrual cycle, periods, hormones, 
and oh uh, yeah that's why that's how I got to where I am today wow oh my god that's such an incredible like leap that you've made and I think yes. it's it's so I think the thing like when I came across your profile I was like I I love this because it's just not talked about. Like, it's still not talked about enough for sure. There's so much like shame and like taboo and weirdness around your period when, like, we all, as women, we all have one. And mm. like, when we don't talk about it exactly like you said, like, it can just feel like, oh, this is just like what I have to deal with. Like, this is my normal. Like, it's like you don't even understand that there's another way of living or existing if your cycle is like really messed up or you're like super heavy bleeding or whatever like the symptoms are um and that you found a way to take kind of ownership of that and be like put your foot down and be like hell no nah, I'm not gonna <laughs> deal with this yeah <laughs> yeah it's um it's fascinating even even now how many taboos and how the conversation is moved on a little bit and when people find me they're like oh my god I wish I learned about this when I was in in school in high school elementary school and even like people the way they talk about periods and they talk about it being quite niche and I'm kind of like how can it be niche when it affects 50% of the population for like at least 35 years of their life that doesn't feel niche to me seriously no it's so good that you're bringing light to this topic um and I'm really like Honestly, a few months ago, I wouldn't have had you on the podcast, but it's only because I recently just got my period back um, okay. after losing it from years of an eating disorder and over-exercise and then being on birth control and like not even having a real period, but not really knowing that that was actually what was going on in my body. Um, and then when I went off birth control, like I never got my period back and I was like, holy shit, there's something going on inside of me. This is not good. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's really interesting about your experience is that I hear this a lot. It's like, oh, well, I had a period, you know, when I'm, uh, I was on the pill, I, I had a period and it's kind of like explaining, well, you did, that's, that wasn't a real period. Right. You no, know, it was like a withdrawal bleed from the synthetic drugs that you were putting inside you to suppress ovulation, but that wasn't a real period. And then, so I guess now you're going through the whole process of rediscovering what your menstrual cycle feels like for you mm -hmm. and the four phases and your energy and your mood during each of the four phases so it must be a really interesting journey that you're on you no know, totally it's like I feel like I'm becoming a woman again <laughs> I'm like oh my yeah. god I have a period again like and not gonna lie when I didn't have it my first reaction was like oh this is so nice and then I was like this is not healthy though like sure <laughs> it's nice to not have to like deal with it but I would rather deal with it and be a healthy woman and mm. I think now it's like I would love to even hear from you like what is like a healthy period like what should a woman expect to experience um, versus like maybe what they think that they should be experiencing yeah so what what I see right now is so many women thinking that they should be experiencing pain. They should be experiencing really heavy bleeding, clotting, um, and they should be experiencing mood swings. And that's just part of having a period because mm -hmm. that's what we've been, we've been taught. That's what we see, you know, 
there's a kind of sometimes there's this stoicism that I see in families when it comes to menstruation. It's like, oh well, my mom had a painful period and she just got on with it, and mm-hmm. so that's just what I have to do. And you kind of see this attitude running down in families, and then you finally get someone who breaks that cycle and realizes actually what I want to feel like and what the kind of ideal sort of normal quote unquote normal period is, is one that is anywhere between three to maybe five, sometimes seven days. Mm-hmm. It's maybe you have some light twinges, maybe you have some very light cramps, but nothing that stops you in your track. Yeah. Nothing that says, I need to take the day off of work or I can't get on with what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have blood that is about as a bright red color. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of a good indication of the blood flowing quite well from the uterus. Um, you might feel like your energy is slightly decreased, but that's normal. If you think about what your body is doing, And I think it's really important that we actually notice that or take note of the fact that every menstrual cycle, it could be your menstrual cycle could be 24 days. It could be 36 days. There's a whole range of what's normal, Mm -hmm. but every menstrual cycle, your body is growing this lining Mm -hmm. and then it sheds. So it's a really big energetic process. And in the time of your menstruation, your period, you're shedding this lining that your body has spent the previous however many days growing. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. If we actually think about that, that totally. is really amazing that our bodies are just in this constant like cycle of yeah. growth and repair and shedding and growth and shedding. Um, and I think that's pretty powerful. Yeah. But, so what you want is your energy is going to be a little bit lower, especially on the first couple of days where we typically see that heavier, it like heavier, but not too heavy bleed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, as your estrogen starts rising again around day three to four of your menstrual cycle of your period, then you'll start to see, I call it the kind of light bulb switch that kind of goes off in your brain. It's like, Oh, okay, I feel like I feel more myself again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in terms of flow, what you want is like a heavy, a heavy period is about 80 milliliters. So that is about, um, about depending on the size of your menstrual cup, that's probably about like six completely full menstrual cups over one one period. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably about 15 to 16 medium tampons completely soaked. Wow. Same, similar for pads. So that's like a, what is anything beyond that is a heavy period. Yeah. Um, so you, you probably, the average is about 40, 40 to 60 milliliters of blood. Um, I don't know what that is in quartz, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I hope I hope to not be measuring that in quartz ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just sitting over a toilet for like seven days straight like, <laughs> with my measuring cup. 
but you you know yourself when your period is heavy like you mm. kind of get a sense of yeah. oh yeah this is a heavy bleed um and so anything beyond what i've just mentioned is considered a heavy a heavy period and that's where anything over 80 milliliters is where you're going to start getting into the territory of anemia because mm. we lose iron when we lose blood right yeah oh my yeah. god that's so helpful to know and understand i feel like for me personally based on everything you said i actually do feel like i do have a healthy period which is wonderful um but i think the thing that resonated most and it's probably just because i talk about energy a lot but it's like really honoring your body because it is such a energetic work of your body to be able to do that and to expect it to perform the exact same way when you don't have your period is going to set you up for disappointment or disaster or burnout or fatigue or whatever. And I know from personal experience, I only recently started tracking my period. Um, and before I did that, I would always, literally every single month, I would forget that like it was going to happen. And I would be in these like ruts with like work or like in my relationships or whatever. And I'd be like, God, like I have no ideas right now. Like I'm so drained and like empty and I, I don't have the energy. And then I would be like, Oh, right. I have my period or like I was, I was just about to get it. And it's like, when you know that that's going to happen, you can have a lower expectation for yourself of like, what to perform, like what to do, like whether it's movement practice or, you know, how you show up in your work. Um, mm -hmm. So I'd be curious, like if you could speak to that a little bit, just like the energy and like how that, how it changes throughout the phases and how you can set yourself up to like work with your body instead of like fighting it. Yeah. So um, our energy changes through our, throughout our menstrual cycle. And so we, we live in this world that is very masculine and we are mm -hmm. surrounded by a very masculine energy where if you like men have this 24 hour testosterone cycle, testosterone is highest in the morning and then it gradually decreases throughout the day. And so we, the way that we work is in this 24 hour cycle. But if you have a period the your cycle isn't isn't like that mm. it's like anywhere between say 24 to 36 days and you're going to have and when you have your period in the beginning of your menstrual cycle your naturally your energy is going to be naturally lower mm -hmm. and then once your estrogen starts rising again and then you have this rise of testosterone as you come out of your period you're going to feel a shift in energy mm. and it's going to be a different sort of energy that you're going to experience compared to the next, uh, the second half of your menstrual cycle. So you're when you, so we call it the follicular phase mm -hmm. right before you ovulate, you're, you're going to see a difference in your kind of your confidence in what you are able to do in terms of movement. So this is a time where I say, if you lift weights or you do body weight or anything involving like resistance training, mm -hmm. you're going to be able to push a little harder during this time because of the testosterone. Mm -hmm. um, that's where 
that's where you're going to get your PBs then. You're going to yeah. be able to lift a little bit more. I definitely notice this with my yoga practice mm -hmm. where I can push through, I can do a stronger vinyasa practice than in this part of my cycle than in like right before my period where my energy just starts to kind of decline a little bit. Yeah. And then your peak of energy is going to be around ovulation. Mm -hmm. You're going to notice the changes in your mood and you're going to feel like ideally like your kind of peppiest, most effervescent self mm. because your body is gearing you up to do everything it can to put you in the best possible place to try to fertilize this egg that it is about to release. So you're going to notice a difference in your skin, your hair. It's just kind of this like really glowy mm. look. Mm -hmm. Like everything is like you're firing all, on all cylinders because your body wants, even if Meg, mentally you're not there, but that's what your body biologically wants. Yeah. It wants you to fertilize this egg because right, that's right. kind of, yeah, that's yeah. where we are. We're at on a biological level. Right, right. <laughs> I am definitely in that phase right now because I just looked in the mirror literally before we got on this, and I'm like, "Wow, my skin looks fucking amazing." And I'm <laughs> like, I have no, like, no nothing. Like, it's just literally clear, and I feel confident. Like, I don't look any different. Like, nothing's changed, but I just feel really good. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. that's so like that's kind of like the follicular phase, and then ovulation then you ovulate and then if you don't fertilize that egg then what you produce progesterone after ovulation mm -hmm. and so you have this rise second rise of estrogen estrogen and then um and then this rise of progesterone yeah. and this and you're still going to have a lot of energy because of the estrogen um but it's going to be tamped down it's going to be calmer it's going to be more controlled because of progesterone progesterone is our our calming kind of relaxing hormone mm. so sometimes what i notice is that in the first half of the menstrual cycle after menstruation some of my clients say say to me that they kind of they feel like their energy is all over the place mm. like it's kind of they have trouble kind of tamping it down yep. and then that's where progesterone comes in because it then gives you this more you have energy but it's like it's more controlled mm. um and then grounded more grounded yeah, yeah yeah definitely more grounded um and then when it comes to movement what's great here is that your body switches more to fat burning mm. if that's a focus for you so you might notice here where if you do cardio, your cardio, you're more, you're more um, likely to hit kind of your cardio PBs. Okay. So if you're a runner, you might be able to run longer here. Mm. Um, if you do spinning, you might find that your endurance is a little stronger during this phase of your cycle. Mm. And then, so if you don't ovulate that, I'll be, sorry, if you don't fertilize that egg, then 
your the estrogen and the progesterone it just gradually i'm using sorry i'm using british pronunciation for, oh that's okay i like it keep, keep <laughs> talking <laughs> <that way. laughs> um, it just they those two hormones they gradually start to drop in preparation for the next period so yeah. right so between maybe five to seven days before your next period if there's any sort of imbalance between estrogen and progesterone or anything else going on, you might start to notice some of the PMS symptoms that women think are normal and aren't normal. They're common, but they're not normal. Okay. So some women might notice pain. They might notice headaches. They might notice um, acne, bloating, cravings, mm. um, anxiety, depression. Um, and what, what I really like to talk about around this time is this kind of fighting this expectation that we're supposed to feel like this, that we're supposed to be moody cows, mm. because it's just, it's not true. We're not supposed to feel like this because we have a period. Yeah. Um, I love and, that. We're not supposed to feel like shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's, but it's crazy this programming that we have that, yeah, we're supposed to feel a certain way because, because of our hormones, you know, like we're hormonal. Yeah. I just think it's mad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's totally like you buy into that belief and then it becomes like that self-fulfilling prophecy. Like you just let it happen and yes. until you take your power back and are like, no, like I don't want to live my life like that. And then it like, it allows you to take action and I'm excited to hear about like what actions we can take but I think that's yeah. the, like what I'm hearing and like as we as we talk about this is like no you don't it doesn't have to suck you don't have to be in pain and like call out of work like I know I know my sister oh my god my sister has the worst periods she has to call out of work like for days um so I'm excited for her to listen to this episode <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's so good to hear like that's it doesn't have to be your reality it absolutely doesn't have to be your reality you know like there there are women who I've worked with who have had endometriosis which is like you can get just the craziest craziest most painful periods and I've worked with them and they just felt like it was just something that they just had to deal with but with will it be and then they were just kind of waiting for menopause when you know all of it would just clear okay. up yeah. and you know we're working together I've taught them things and we worked on things together to ease their period pain and the 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 way they described it is like night and day mm-hmm. you know they feel like they don't their menstrual cycle, which I think is amazing yeah um but just going back to that last part of the menstrual cycle, so the luteal phase, the kind of late luteal phase, that's where you'll, you might start to feel your energy start to decline mm-hmm. in preparation for your period. It's like your body is starting to get, it, you, you might notice that if you have a to-do list, you're, you're kind of wanting to get through that. Your body's just get, wanting to get everything done in preparation for that hibernation of menstruation wow oh my god that's so insightful ah! 
<laughs> oh my gosh. I am so excited to hear, like already, we're, we're only halfway through this episode, but I am so excited to hear how women respond to this because there's so much power in knowing how your body works and how to work with it. And like, if you got those to-do lists, like do them in your luteal phase, like get that shit done then (laughs) as you prepare for that, like, you know, the chiller, like, yeah. Oh my God. This is, it's so insightful for me too. I'm like, wow, I've totally not known this about myself. Awakening. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and I, I feel like I'm not the only one, right? Like there's so many women that don't know and they feel like they should know and that like that should and that pressure keeps them from asking because they're mm-hmm. like oh, there's almost shame around like, well, I'm a woman, I have a period, and I don't know jack shit about it. <laughs> but like yeah. I don't wanna I don't wanna ask because that's that would mean that I'd have to let my ego down and like admit I don't know something, right? And and it's also like there's still a lot of weirdness around periods. And there's this kind of, you know, you, there's a charity here in the UK called Bloody Good Period. And what they do is they distribute menstrual products to um, women and people with periods who don't have, who are in kind of what we call period poverty. And they have this cold campaign around stop putting your tampon up your sleeve um, mm. when you go to the bathroom. I love that. (laughs) I do that. (laughs) And it's just, you know, things like that where we we get taught that we need to hide our menstrual products. That, you know, the amount of times that someone has said, I'm on my period, and just whispered it. It's like, okay, you're on your period. Just talk about it. You know, like, it's just, it's normal. The more we have these conversations the more normal it will be. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's like, that's how shame gets, it, it, basically that's how shame dissipates, right? It's like putting it out there, it can't survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Um, so I would love to hear what, um, what strategies do you use with like women that you work with and even yourself to help you honor these phases, um, whether it be cravings or bloating or, anxiety, whatever it is, what do you do? And like, what are some actionables that the women listening can take away from your, uh, your wisdom? Yeah. So the first thing I'd say is start to track your menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. So it can be simple, as simple as knowing when your period starts and when it ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it could be as you can make it as detailed as you want it to be. So it's, you start from the first day of your period to the day before the first day of your next period. So that's the length of your menstrual cycle. And it's really important to know that not everyone has a 28 day menstrual cycle and the the days will change. They can change. So it could be 28 days, then it could be 29, it could be 27. You know, some women, they vary every cycle. Some have like you know, 28 days, bang on. But mm-hmm. we get taught that we're supposed to have 28 days cycles because of that's the length of a pack of pills or contraceptives. That's the length of a moon cycle. Yep. And it's, I think that's damaging because then it makes you, if you don't have that, you feel abnormal when mm-hmm. it's very normal to vary. 
And I'm seeing a lot of that right now because of lockdown, because of the pandemic, because of the stress that all of that has brought, it's having an effect on menstrual cycles. And so I'm seeing a lot of variations at the moment. Yeah. So you're saying stress impacts your cycle length or the, the, I guess the symptoms. Um, wow. Yeah. So stress impacts the length, impacts the heaviness of the bleed. You could be, you could find that your period becomes quite light. It could become really heavy. You could notice more clots. You could notice more pain, more premenstrual bloating, more headaches, migraines, stress. It's just people, because stress is something that we're so used to talking about. It's like, oh, how are you? Oh, I'm a bit stressed. It's just become this normal thing. But we have different stressors on the body and they all have they all have an impact and because it's basically our body going into um, the autonomic nervous system going into sympathetic so fight or flight and we get stuck there and we and then that has an impact on our menstrual cycle where our body's saying well this isn't a priority right now she's crazy stressed so you know we just need to kind of you know deal with keeping her alive yeah you know menstruation and reproduction that's not a priority so i do a lot of work with my clients on that kind of nervous system toning and switching into parasympathetic that rest and digest where you're going to have a health you're going to ovulate in a healthy way and produce that progesterone and then have a healthy healthy period yeah. Wow. That's so, that's so powerful. I use, I mean, I talk with my clients about that, but as it relates to food and cravings and all of that, but I haven't thought about it as it relates to your period, but it makes, it makes so much sense, right? It's like your body's just focused on keeping you alive in a way and like safe and away from harm. Even if that harm is just like work stress, it's still, your body doesn't know. It's like your nervous system is just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is that we're so used to being so stressed and it's like you think about when you go on vacation you go on holiday and your body finally has the chance to relax and you get sick because you've been suppressing your immune system and you've just been in this state of sustained stress um so i'd say like so start tracking your menstrual cycle but then also the next thing is to be really honest with yourself about how much stress you're actually under because Mm -hmm we think all of this is normal and i think one of the kind of silver linings of lockdown is actually highlighting how much busy work and how much running around we were all doing for the sake of it and really giving i know that many of us have had situations in lockdown that are not ideal but if you're not in that place, it's probably an opportunity has been giving you the opportunity to see that actually you don't have to schedule your calendar for like the next four months. It's okay to take things as they are. Yeah. You know, it's um, I think really being honest with yourself about how much stress you're under and if you're over scheduling yourself is really important because all of that will have an impact on your period and your menstrual cycle. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that you just said that. I think like being stressed 24 seven needs to stop being normalized. 
Mm-hmm. Like I used to live in that state as well. And that's probably why I had all of the, all of the issues around food and body and, you know, losing my period to begin with. And now that I'm not in that place, like, of course I still have the days, you know, like we all have days where we overbook or we're like, ah. but I think generally it's like your, your stress set point when that gets lowered, it's like, Oh, your body's just like, thank you. I <laughs> yell it at you. And you <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's really like it's a revelation, and I I hope that this this continues. Um, but then, so we look at actually tracking the cycle, then we look at stress, and then we look at what are you actually eating. So, mm-hmm. my my kind of. I don't, I'm just trying to think of the word. I don't, was about to say ideology, but that's not the right word at all. But the way that I work with my clients is very much about adding things in. So it's not about saying, take out gluten, take out dairy, take out meat. That's not the way that I work because what I see so much and, you know, being a woman in this world is that we get taught to restrict to minimize to try to reduce ourselves and it creates toxic patterns around so many areas of our lives especially around food and when you stop saying i'm gonna have less of this and less of that and start saying i'm gonna add this i'm gonna add that it really changes your mindset around food and then hopefully that has a knock-on effect on other areas of your life because it creates a freedom it's like oh i'm actually i can have fats i can have butter i can have avocado that's okay and it starts to create this opening around the way that you think about a food which is so 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 powerful i love that it's yeah it's like like giving yourself the unconditional permission and knowing that you don't actually want to go balls to the walls on those things because they're not going to make you feel good Mm. it's like finding that like enough like what's enough like what do you need um rather than approaching it from a place of like can't have that or avoiding or cutting out or restriction and i'm sure that so many women especially if they've been trapped in dieting culture like can get sucked into like we got to stop doing this. We got to cut this out. We got to avoid, but that just makes you want it more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I definitely came from that kind of that culture, that mindset of doing like I've done, I've done it all. Like there were a few years where I was really into whole 30 Mm -hmm. and it was just about cutting this out, cutting that out, cutting that out. And then really into paleo. And then I just, it was creating a lot of disordered eating and disordered thinking around eating. And I just thought, I can't, I can't live like this. Um, for me personally, because I have mild endometriosis, mm-hmm. I know that I don't do well with having a lot of sugar in my diet. Yeah. Um, but for me, I'm not coming at that from a place of restriction. Yeah. If I want a little something, I'll have it. But you know, the first lockdown over here, I just went buck wild with the sugar. I was using it as like a coping mechanism Mm. and my periods just got horrific. Mm. And I knew exactly what was going to happen, 
but I was so stressed out. And, you know, this is like hashtag real talk over here from a nutritionist. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you. I like, keep sharing. I, I want to acknowledge <laughs> you because I mean, I, I talk about this stuff so openly as well, but it's, it's, it's often hard to do. So yeah. 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 It's, um, I just found it so stressful. I was homeschooling, trying to run my business, trying to like, you know, keep my, this, keep my house clean, yeah. you know, um, do laundry, you know, and I just found it so stressful that I turned to sugar because mm-hmm. I don't drink anymore. Mm-hmm. But I, I knew that if I had, if I did drink, I would be straight, I would be on the wine. Yeah. But I don't, I stopped drinking about three years ago. But so sugar became my coping mechanism and it, it just, my periods got so, so bad. Um, so for me to kind of bring it back to what I was saying earlier, taking sugar out for me is not about restriction. It's about, I know what it does to my period. So I really have to be sensible about how much I have, how much sugar I have in my diet. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think in those specific cases, you have have to have an honest conversation about maybe you take this out or maybe you reduce some of that but generally speaking my ethos that's a word I was looking for earlier ethos uh, (laughs) is about what let's add let's add the good fats let's add the vegetables let's add the delicious fruit get that fiber in get that protein in let's nourish our bodies Mm-hmm. So there's our skin, our hair, our menstrual cycle, so we feel our best. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so it's so beautiful. Like I'm I can resonate with so much of what you're saying because I do not tolerate dairy or gluten well at all. Um and there was a point in my relationship with food where I knew I shouldn't eat it. But I ate it anyways, and it made me so sick and like bloated and just, I mean, I, you couldn't even hang out in a room with me because I was just making all sorts of smells and it was uncomfortable, but I did it anyways. And at a certain point I was like, I can't tell myself like, you can't eat this. I have to, I have to change that and reframe my language around it and say, I'm choosing to not eat this. Mm. And I'm coming at this from a place of honoring my body and not restricting it because my body obviously doesn't want it. It's making all sorts of noises and sounds and smells. Like it's not because I'm scared to eat it or it's not because I feel like it's going to make me fat or whatever. It's, it's generally just doesn't agree with me. And I think like when you can tap into and really listen to what makes you feel good and what doesn't, then it's way easier to add in that good stuff that's going to probably help your cycle and just help your energy and help your help you generally have a healthier relationship with food and your body. I I a thousand percent agree. It's really it feels countercultural to talk about um, food in this way, and I think that you know there's a lot of conversations right now around intuitive eating, mm-hmm. but. I I think intuitive eating is really interesting, but so many of us have lost our intuition around food. So we have to relearn, you know, what actually, what can I eat that makes me feel good? And it's not like good in an artificial way. Right. It's good in a nourishing way. And I would 
rather talk about mindful eating than mm -hmm. intuitive eating because you create this, it's like you're really being intentional about the way you eat. It's kind of bringing yogic principles For sure. into, into it and honoring your body, like you said. And I think that's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the approach I take with my clients. A lot of them come to me, they've tried every single diet under the sun um, or they've tracked their calories and they like know they quote unquote need to track their calories and like they just can't do it or whatever the thing is. But at the end of the day, it, it really 100% comes down to trust, like mm -hmm. trusting yourself around food, trusting, trusting that you can take care of yourself, like trusting that you can nourish yourself during your period, like trust and turning back inward to, like you said, to your intuition. And that is 100% a skill that you have to unlearn a crap ton of programming and labels of food and dieting culture and like societal norms and what your mom said and what your aunt looks like, like all of this stuff. And it's, it can be, there's so many layers. There's, this is such a complex like issue, but when you can turn back and like peel away all these layers and figure out like, what is your truth? Like what's true for you? What feels good for you? What is normal for you? Then it's like you strip away all of the other crap that doesn't really matter. And you can really, you feel good. You feel you feel so good in your skin because you're like, oh, I'm listening to my body again. Like, thanks, Bob. I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that like that actually let, allows you to let go of guilt. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of, I hear a lot around guilt for eating certain foods. So right now what I'm hearing a lot of is I feel guilty for eating meat or I feel guilty for eating bread. And you said that, you said what's right for you. And it's this idea of bio-individuality where just because veganism works for that person doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. Just because eating a certain way does, works for that, it doesn't mean it's going to work, that person is going to work for you. You know, you have to listen to your body and do eat in a way that works for you and nourishes you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's all about like turning inward and figuring that out. And I think like generally to tie it all back in a pretty bow and like think about it as it relates to your period, it's like understanding quote unquote, what is normal. Um, and that, that also can be like, there's so many layers to even that conversation, I'm sure. But I think when you understand what the like standard of normal is, you can, you can relate, okay, where do I fall on that spectrum? Am I totally out of whack? okay, if so, then I can take action and I can start asking myself these questions. If it's normal, great. I can continue, you know, business as usual and not, this doesn't need to be an issue, but for anyone listening that does resonate with, um, the, the unhealthy, I would say period, or maybe the, um, exacerbated symptoms, it's like, this is your chance to take ownership of that totally. And, and ask and turn inward and say like what can I do about this like mm. you don't have to stay in that in that place of victim and like frustration and pain like that's no way to live like mm. you said it's like uh we women and just generally humans are not supposed to feel like shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah like newsflash <laughs> yeah I don't know if you guys heard but like that's not the point of life <laughs> You're not supposed to just have period pain and get old and die. <laughs> yeah.
it, but it is crazy how many of us think that it's normal. I, I posted something about um, period pain and something like, oh, this is, it's not, it's common, but it's not normal. And mm-hmm. some of the comments I was getting was like, but it is normal. Like wanting to argue with me, like saying, oh, but it is, it is normal. And I just, I was like, why would you accept pain? Would you expect accept pain in any other condition like would you expect accept like if you think about it so if you have two days of period pain every menstrual cycle and you have say 12 cycles a year so you're having that's 24 days of pain per year and you know that's almost a month would you accept that for anything else no wow that's such a powerful way to reframe it like an entire month out of the year. Like imagine if your entire December just like sucked, like you were yeah. in total pain. Yeah. Like, no, that wouldn't be okay. Yeah. So why do we think it's okay? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so, so, so powerful. Oh my God. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love, I just like absolutely love your approach to all of this. I've never heard it said so eloquently and um i think there can be so much confusion too with just periods generally and like the names of phases and people are like i don't have time for that and i know i was totally one of those people um but at the end of the day like this is something that's going to happen to you whether you want to accept it or not so like you might as well get to know yourself better so that you're not working against yourself yeah absolutely like you don't have to get bogged down in the names of the phases you know some some women they like the idea of using the seasons Mm -hmm. to think about their cycles so like you've got your winter which is your period then spring where you come out of your period and then summer is when you ovulate and then autumn or fall is like when your body's getting ready to menstruate again that can be an easier analogy mm-hmm. for women to understand. It feels less clinical. Um, I personally like don't connect with that, but I know a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, but if you, even if you don't, if it's too much, just think, think about your period and then just think, just become aware of when you ovulate. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, this has been, I mean, this is so powerful. I'm excited. I have so many notes and I mean, the show notes will kind of map it out for you guys, but start paying attention, you know, like you in the, in your iPhone, like you have the the health app, there's a period thing built in and I'm sure like, could you share just like a few apps maybe that you'd recommend for tracking like symptoms and stuff? Yeah. So yeah, the iPhone um, menstruation app, the cycle tracking app, if you have a watch, an Apple Watch. It's super easy to track your period. Uh, it's not. It doesn't go too deep into when you're ovulating, but it's mainly more for period tracking. Um, and that can uh, you kind of start to see patterns of like, oh, my cycle is between this day and this day. So my cycles are between like 24 to about 25, 26 days long, and they vary. And I can see patterns over the last five years. Um, but then there's also, there's super basic apps. There's one called 
um, period tracker, which I used for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then there's a really good one that I love. It's by a British company. It's called Moody Month. Um, and <laughs> it gets, it's more designed. It was designed more to, for women to be more aware of their moods because mm. they can change around the menstrual cycle. So that's a really lovely app. Um, Clue is another good one. Um, and that's more geared towards fertility. So understanding where you're fertile, mm -hmm. but even, even for people who are listening, who are thinking more about fertility, do not rely on an app to tell you when you're ovulating, mm -hmm. know the signs that your body is giving you because your ovulation can vary. If your cycle length is varying, your ovulation day will vary every cycle. So do not rely on an app know the site so you're changing your cervical fluid you'll notice a change in if you're tracking your temperature you'll notice a change in your temperature mm -hmm. all of those sorts of things will help you know when you're ovulating um and then there's another one called blow which is which is really nice i think it's like my my flow or something like that yeah. that's really good too but with all of this you could download these, play around with them, and then just you find the one that works best for you because it will vary because everyone wants something a bit different. Yeah, cool. That's amazing. Yeah, I think like full circle, it's like figure out what works for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, so I would love to wrap things up, but I would love to hear like where are you, share your Instagram, share what's going on in your world, like what are you, what are you doing with clients and how can people work with you if that's something they're interested in? Yeah. So, um, people can find me on Instagram. I'm at eat, love, move. And then my website is, um, www.eatlovemove.com. Um, right now I'm taking, um, I'm, I've opened my intake for new clients for December. Um, and then, my aim is in the new year. It keeps getting pushed back because of lockdown and getting really busy, but it's to have a course where I can teach women about their menstrual cycles in a really simple way that is, if people find that think that it's too expensive or they can't afford, or they don't have the budget to work with me, they can access this course. And it's a, it's a way of learning with me um, for, for less money than it is to work with me one-to-one. -one. So that's going to be coming up in the new year. Um, right now it's one-to-one -one work. Um, and I'm also teaching yoga. So if you're locked down and you want to do some yoga with me, I have a ton of classes on my IGTV, um, on at eat, love, move. Um, and yeah, that's it. I love that. Oh my God. I'm so excited. And I'm going to go check out your yoga classes because I've actually been, been feeling yoga e lately, which doesn't happen. So I'm like, I need to do this. So I'm going to, yeah. So I'm going to go stock your page as well. <laughs> <laughs>
I will put links to all of your things in the show notes so you guys can go check out Lanise. She's amazing, obviously, as you can tell. Um, I know I learned a lot today, so I'm excited to hear what everyone thinks. And um, you guys, you can head over to Instagram, screenshot this podcast, and tag us and let us know what you thought. Um, but Lanise, it was so amazing having you. It's been such a blessing um, spending this past hour with you. And I'm so excited to see your course come out and, and even just connect with you in the future. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Sam. Yes, you're so welcome. And I will catch you soon. Bye. Bye. Alrighty, friends, that's a wrap. Thank you so much to Lenise for sharing all of her wisdom. And thank you for being here. I'm so grateful for you. And as we're nearing the end of December, I just want to leave you with a mantra that I'm going into 2021 with. And it is, healing happens in stillness. Healing happens in stillness. And when we can slow down and start listening to our body and working with our body and tapping into our body's innate wisdom, that is when we can heal. Whether it's losing weight, whether it's increasing your bank account, whether it's building a business, whatever it is, healing those old patterns so that we can really show up and thrive, it happens in stillness. And if you are looking for a little boost heading into 2021, you are feeling like you want a plan, a really clear AF plan to get you heading into January 2021, the plan, feeling confident, empowered, inspired, taking action that is not going to wear you down and that you can actually stick to, I would love to chat with you. I am offering 90-minute intensives. These are called my clear and confident calls, and I would absolutely love to support you and serve you in this way. If you are a high-achieving woman, or if you are an entrepreneur, or if you are a coach, and you have maybe put your health on the back burner just a little bit, and you're really looking to step into your power and feel fucking awesome in your body and show up fully in your life, feel confident, feel really good, this is for you. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. You can message me on Instagram. You can find me anywhere online and really let me know. I would absolutely love to serve you. I'm going to be offering 10 of these spots to 10 high achieving females that are ready to go. And I want to work with you if that sounds like you. So head over to Instagram, send me a DM, start the phrase with the word confidence, and we will book a call and get you set up so that you feel super, super empowered heading into 2021. I love you so much. I hope this episode was so helpful for you and I will catch you on next week. Love you guys. Bye.